Welcome to Happy Rant Sports. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always by Barnabas Piper. And Pipe, what what would we call this? Would we call this a, uh, a spinoff in the entertainment industry, um, in which we're gonna we're gonna take the Happy Rant franchise and uh, do something that I've always wanted to do, which is host my own sports talk show. Um, I guess we call it a spinoff, right? Yeah, I think right now we, we, we haven't started. It's not like its own franchise yet. So, you know, it's not like we, we've spun off into its own thing. It's, not like it's a little bit like to the Happy Ranch Cheers. Not yet. Right. Not not quite yet. I think I think we've got the potential to get there right now. It's more like the uh, like if you watch the X-Men movies, which I've been doing with my kids, there's like these spinoff stories where they're like, and here's the backstory of one character or another right. character. It's kind of like that. So it's in the same universe. But it's its own distinct thing. Dude, do you remember the Cosby show when we were kids? What was the one where they went to college? Do you remember that one? Been off wise? I, I, I mean, I, I remember that it existed. I don't remember any details. I wish I remembered what it was called. But, uh, but I don't. Um, I'm, I, maybe I forgot because you're not allowed to remember anything about anything named Cosby. Dude, that's true. I forgot it was like uh, – not a thing to talk about him anymore, man. They're- right, which which kills me because some of his some of his like stand up stuff was like go to material for me and just sort of dropping quotes in conversations. Absolutely, like he has this whole bit about all children have brain damage, uh-huh. which I think about on almost a daily basis with my children yeah, because, because they have brain have damage. Children. Yeah, right. <laughs> who are brain damaged like every other kid, but I but I can no longer quote it because. Because Bill Cosby. Dude, right. It's crazy. I was noticing that during bowl season, too. Like, there have been so many, like, sexual assault cases in, like, sports entertainment that uh, you've got, like, ESPN's D crew working, you know, the the Rose Bowl. It's it's a shame, man. But I'm not sure ESPN has any A crews anymore. I think I think they just generally stink. At, uh, Dude, this well, would be a topic for, for football. Yes. Yeah, we should, we should rank these crews at some point. Yeah, at least for football. I think for basketball, they still do really well, yeah. but like professional basketball. But yeah, when it comes to football, especially college football, they're pretty crappy. Exactly. Well, Pipe, let's talk about football, man. And while we're on the topic of college football, I have to tell you, uh, I was just watching the Peach Bowl, uh, Central Florida against Auburn. Central Florida, very impressive. Looks like they're going to cruise to a victory in that game. But they have uh, a defensive end named Shaquem Griffin. Have you, have you seen this kid, this player? He's got one. I, I, no, I, uh, I've just sort of seen him. I've seen him ranked in like, you know, pre-draft kind of prospecty things, but yeah. I don't know anything about so him. The guy's lacking like his, his lower arm on his left hand. And um, Auburn could not block him today. He was an absolute beast. He had like 11 tackles for loss, a couple of sacks. Um, it, was, it, was it like an accident or like a birth defect or it was a birth defect. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and they explained what the disorder was and I'm not going to try to replicate that because I'll get it wrong. But, uh, yeah, I guess he was a twin and, um, you know, it was, it was a fairly common or it's a, a birth defect that happens, you know, in the, in the womb sometimes mm-hmm. to the second twin. And, um, but I tell Good you what, man, what, that's what amazing. an explosive player. Yeah. Amazing, amazing story. Very cool. Uh, but pipe, we have a full slate of football related things to talk about today. Um, and you brought up via text the other day this issue of quarterback names. So I think it was in the context of this year's prospects, and we'll get to that. But um, we had a little bit of back and forth on like all-time quarterback names and why names, why a person's name is important um, as a as a tool for projecting his success or failure on the next level. And Pipe, I want you to lay a couple of classic quarterback names on me. Some of the best. We're going to talk about the best. We'll talk about the worst, mm-hmm. and then we'll uh, we'll kind of run this year's prospects through this grid of uh, of quarterback names. Yeah, I, I think I think names are an underrated sort of scouting qualification. You know, you listen to to scouting podcasts or read Mel Kiper or Todd McShay. They're always talking about arm strength and accuracy right. and leadership. Nobody talks about names, which really matters when you get to a guy like Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Like that's that's a tipping point, and we'll discuss what that means about him. But in terms of all timers, um, I, I the greatest quarterback name in history, arguably. Yeah. Might be Joe Montana. I agree, man. Joe Montana is so solid. And I I want you to talk about why that is. You've got the name of a state in his name. And Joe is just this classic kind of 
lantern jawed mid century name. And it, it, yeah, I mean, it's you think think about like great great athletes in history. You got like it, it, like strong guys like Joe Lewis and guys like that. I mean, Joe it's, Lewis, Joe DiMaggio, right? I mean, it's just J- yeah. Joe, and and it's an ageless name. Like Joe Namath is as right. great as well, but Namath is not nearly as good as Montana. Like Montana, that right. that speaks of like there's like just sort of a a, a granite strength yeah. to it. It sort of it sounds like a fictional character. Like if you were going to write a novel about like well, who is the all American right. quarterback, Joe Montana would be like, oh, I can't use that name. That's too fictitious. Well, I'll give you the, anal- the analogous fictitious name to Joe Montana, and this is a, this is a great movie quarterback. One Johnny Utah from the original Point Break movie. Uh, is, is Point Break <laughs> yes. an eighties movie or a nineties movie? Is it late eighties or early nineties? I I would have said 80s. Yeah, it feels late 80s to me. And so Keanu Reeves plays Johnny Utah, uh, who allegedly quarterbacked uh, a team in the Rose Bowl and is now an L.A. cop. And he goes undercover to bust this uh, this ring of surfers who are also uh, bank robbers. And one of the first like willing suspensions of disbelief that you have to make in that movie is that the fact that this guy was allegedly like a blue chip quarterback and none of these people had seen him on television. Um, but Johnny Utah, that's, that's right up there. Second, second suspension of disbelief and reality is that uh, Keanu Reeves doesn't, doesn't throw like a six-year-old girl. Exactly. The best thing he did in that movie athletically, and I know you remember this pipe is when they're playing beach football and Bodie, the Patrick Swayze character has like 150 yard scramble, like down the sideline. (laughs) <laughs> and, and 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 Johnny Utah tracks him for like for 150 yards and tackles him into the surf. That was that was his peak athletically, and I think took, he took a good angle he took on a great it. Great angle on it, and he stuck with it. You know, it became like a, a long distance yeah. run at that point. Yeah, and it was like it was like that Champ Bailey Ben Watson play from uh, when when the uh, well, I think it was what was it Patriots uh, Broncos from like 10 years exactly, ago. Exactly. Exactly. I'm going to lay, chased him like 90 I'm yards. Gonna lay another great QB name on you. And uh, it's similar to Joe Montana in that it, it rolls off the tongue in the same way. Dan Marino. Yeah. Danny Marino. Yeah. Dan, Dan Marino. Uh, well, see, so it, here's the crazy thing is that there was like a generation of quarterbacks. So it was just like bang, bang, bang with these great names. Warren Moon. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Like Warren, Warren Moon is, Warren Moon is, is, is low key as good as those other names. Such a good quarterback yeah. name. Troy, Troy Aikman, which is weird because Troy is not a name I would peg as a strong quarterback name, but you combine that in just the way that rolls off the tongue. Troy yeah. Aikman. Again, you're like, yeah, that, that guy was an all American everywhere he played. Like that. You just hear the Troy name. You're like, absolutely. I want, I want to get back to Warren Moon in a second, but the, the first name Troy, if you again, if you grew up in the 80s or 90s, like the cocky athletic douche in your mm-hmm. school who was who was really cocky, but who could who could back it up like his name was Troy. You know what I mean? Yes. Yep. And a- Aikman is just a really solid last name to pair with that. Now, Warren Moon is sneaky because the last name Moon really carries it because of how yeah. cool that is. Warren is a little bit accountanty uh it's it's not like a stunner but you but you throw moon onto the back of it and uh and it really works um i got another one for you i've got two here that are that are kind of in a different genre so we kind of had the monosyllabic mid-century first name dan joe troy Uh um i'm gonna go boomer esiason on you uh and i want you to respond to that as a quarterback name See, Boomer Esiason is right there with uh, with Peyton Manning okay. for me. In that, in that, like, th- there's nothing analogous to that. It's just sort of if if Boomer Esiason had sucked as a quarterback, yeah. like that would have created the definition for that name. If Peyton Manning had sucked as a quarterback, that would have created the definition. Like Manning yeah. is a strong name, but Peyton is that's kind of androgynous. Let's be honest. And Dude, so, it is, yeah. Like you, you meet little girls in the South with like frilly cuffs on their on their stretch pants that are named Peyton yeah I I think I had to I think I had to buy like a Barbie birthday present for a girl in my daughter's school class for some birth you know some birthday party and I'm pretty sure her name was Peyton so it's uh it it that like boom but boomer size and the same with like boomer boomer sounds like the nickname that like a fat kid gets as a (laughs) three-year-old like he's chubby and so like his his family calls him boomer and it just sticks except he made it work because he ended up being 
an exceptional quarterback and he was a lefty, which is I love lefty quarterbacks. It's just sort of a, a fun, quirky thing. Dude, a little trivia, and then I'm going to give you the, the analogous uh, nicknamey uh, quarterback name to Boomer Sison, a, a player that didn't work out. Um, do you know what Boomer's first name is? I have no idea. Norman. Norman <laughs> well, Boomer was an upgrade. Which is incredible. Yeah, he would have never worked out if he'd gone with Norman as a first name. I, so. I'm trying to think of any great athlete who is Norman or Norm. Dude, there had to be um, one. Uh, give me a second. Norm. Van Brocklin. Norm Van Brocklin. Norm Absolutely. Van Brocklin. Yep, yep. Great. But I mean, but, but again, that's yeah. a generational thing. Kind of like, like I had, I had a couple names down that I was like, these are strong names, but they, they're only strong names because of their era. Like yeah. Bart Starr. <laughs> Bart Starr is great, but like it couldn't have happened after 1960. I don't know, dude. Think about it though. If there was a cocky, like college kid named Bart Starr leading a team on New Year's Day in a bowl game, I think you would believe it. You know what I mean? That's, that's true, because if Baker Mayfield was named Bart Starr, I would be like, yeah, he should be a first-round pick. There you go. Dude, let's – let's actually, no, I want to lay one more thing on you, and then I want to get into the Baker Mayfield thing. So, okay, so Boomer Esiason's unsuccessful counterpart in this kind of nickname genre, Bubby Brister. Do you remember <laughs> Bubby Brister? Yeah, Bubby Brister played for the Vikings uh, as – I think he was a backup at some point, and he just yeah. – he, he was just sort of a disastrous backup. I think he played for the Saints too. And Dude, he played for the Steelers as a disastrous starter, and then he had several like turns as a disastrous backup elsewhere. But Bubby Brister is the yeah. the inverse to Boomer Esiason. I'm going to give you a great fictional nickname quarterback name though. Um, it's from my favorite crappy football movie, Any Given Sunday, Cap Rooney. Cap Rooney yes. was the Dennis Quaid character who was kind of like the Peyton Manning figure in that he had this like really strong strident wife and he had like a broken neck that he was playing mm-hmm. through and uh it was just crazy but uh but yeah cap rooney um solid solid fictional quarterback uh can can i run can i run two old school quarterbacks past you just to see like these, Dude, these please i love it okay so johnny unitas that one i think deserves oh. deserves our recognition so good and I mean, maybe, maybe that's all there is to say about it. But I think, I mean, you brought up the name Johnny Utah. I feel like it was it was yeah. like a combination of Joe Montana and Johnny Unitas. And they're like, well, we can't go wrong. Here's Dude, here's way. what I love about Johnny Unitas, man. And it's a thing that, that again, kind of went out the window after the Mad Men era sort of, sort of stopped. Um, guys going with like the youthified version of their name. Like Johnny Unitas wouldn't be the same if he had gone by John. Right. John Unitas. Yeah. The fact no. that he went by Johnny, even when he was like 41, playing for the Chargers at the end of his career, um, kind of amazing. You know what I mean? When I, and I think that only works for athletes. Like you think about, yeah. I mean, think about other sports. So we've got like, like Bobby Bonds. Like Bobby Bonds. Bobby, Bobby Bonds. Legitimately sounds like a bond salesman. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, Bobby Bonds is a, is not a guy you would buy a used car from. But as a baseball player, it totally worked. Yes. Bobby Bonilla, same yep. thing. Yeah, that, well, Bobby Bonilla kind of caught the very tail end yeah. of guys doing that. You know, well, the name Joey works better still. I mean, like that that one. Th- there, there's still some Joey's out there where it works yeah. like, for whatever yeah. reason. Like, if you met somebody, uh, okay, so so if if you were looking to hire a fellow uh, a fellow professor, right, and he came in and he's like, "Hi, I'm I'm Doctor Joey Smith," you'd be like, "Get yeah. out." Not no, <laughs> absolutely you, you not. Wanna, you want to hear a crazy thing though, man? We have a professor, very respected in our in our English department, and I know he's not a listener, so I, I'm I feel somewhat safe saying this. He's a poetry prof, right? So so these poetry guys, they take everything very seriously. Goes by Bobby, he, and he's like fifty five years old. Yeah, Bobby. That's that's poetry though. Like, that's and this poetry. is not to dog on poetry because I actually love poetry, but like it is, yeah. it is a universe to itself. Kind of like sports. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. It's kind of like sports. So maybe it works, man, in a weird way. So yeah. So Johnny Unitas, you had another one to lay on me, right? Yes. Fran Tarkenton. Oh, dude. Kind of, again, I, I, kind of androgynous. Yeah. You know, Fran, Fran can go either way. He kind of had floppy hair. He sort of had, I, I'll, I'll say this not as a knock on Fran Tarkenton at all, but he kind of had even feminine features a little bit. He wasn't a big guy. Right. Um, I'll say this about Fran Tarkington. I think his name matched both the way he looked and his style of play in the same way that 
Troy Aikman's name matches perfectly the way he looks. So <laughs> yes, he, he looks he from, looks like a square nineteen nineties jock. Dude, he looks like a square nineteen nineties jock. Like he like if you were drawing a comic book jock, mid century jock, it would look like he would look like Troy Aikman. Yes, you know, and then you would carve him out of granite. Like that's just how he has to look. In the same way that like Josh Heupel looks like the the way a Josh Heupel should look. Um, <laughs> Uh, which is which is not like a quarterback, actually. Which is not like a quarterback, dude. My my only enduring memory of Josh Heupel as a player was that his helmet looked too big and it rode really far down on his forehead, and I just forever wanted to like either get him a helmet that fit or just push up the helmet that he had. Do you yes. remember this on Josh Heupel? Well, yeah, I just I remember watching him play and like you know he played on those he played on those Oklahoma teams and and really pretty high powered offenses, and I just. I couldn't figure out how he was good. Yeah, yeah. He was in, a, in large part because he looked like the ball boy playing quarterback. He was kind of a caretaker. You know, he was a, he, he was a high-end caretaker. So, dude, this – okay, this is going to be a bridge into this year's class of prospects. And, and Pipe, I want to lay a theory on you, mm-hmm. and I want you to respond to it. And, and my theory is as follows. I can't take seriously a quarterback named Josh – because I feel that Josh is a little kid name. So we have two Joshes, two very high-end Josh prospects in this year's quarterback class, uh, Josh Allen and Josh Rosen. And I would be reticent to throw first-round type currency at a grown man named Josh to lead my franchise. Your thoughts? It is very hard to dispute your theory because I can't think of a really good professional quarterback named josh in history i can't either or joshua for that matter but i mean like like we we've got we've got the mccown we've got josh mccown who has been a, yeah. a journeyman backup he's, he's made a career as a backup yeah yeah not a good quarterback right um there has been there was a josh johnson i think it was or yeah. he was one of those he was one of those like project quarterbacks third round pick mobile guy like we're gonna mobile call me. fast yeah who never yeah. panned out i remember josh yeah. johnson played at san diego been, state i think yeah been sort of perf- perpetually crappy um yeah there's nobody good named josh it's josh's who have excelled at other positions let's talk about that for a second before i complete uh yeah like there josh gordon josh 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 norman have both been good that's true man that's true got got a wide receiver wide receiver cornerback Mm -hmm. um let's see who else i feel like there i feel like there has been a couple others at other positions but no distinct to quarterback it is it is really bad Dude, if your name was Josh Piper, would you go by Joshua? I feel like Josh. I would go. I would go by my middle name. Yeah, I feel like Josh is like, you know, it's cold outside. Your mom's putting that little hat on you with ear flaps, and you're going to go outside and play in the snow for a few minutes, and come back in, and she's going to throw all your stuff in the dryer. That's what I think of when I think of Josh. You know and what I think what I think of is sitting on an airplane while a a stressed out mother yells at the four year old over and over again and is like Joshua, sit down. Joshua, be quiet. Joshua, do this. And yeah. so like, and in that case, Josh or Joshua, like it's a lose lose because you've just got a brat for a kid. But uh, it's that <laughs> that's that's what I picture. Exactly, man. And this this is all building towards something that's going to get more football centric as it goes. But pipe, you you've dropped this a, a, a couple of times about Baker Mayfield. And I want to hear your Baker Mayfield theory because I, I have to tell you, man, I'm on the fence about this name. This name could be, it could be legendary or it could be really awkward. And I'm not sure which one it is. So I want you to lay your, your Baker Mayfield stuff on me. Well, when you brought up Boomer Esiason, it sort of stopped me in my tracks because that that is Baker Mayfield. Like okay. that that is the the name. Like it's yeah. it is a name that has no parallels. It's two last names. Yep. It sounds like a brand of dairy. Yep. Like it's or or a law firm or something. Like it's it, it has no there's no corollaries in the quarterback world. Like a regional milk company. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like you, you buy, yeah, you buy it at like the the Piggly Wiggly or something you like buy that. It at the Piggly Wiggly, um, kind of the off brand grocery store, and you're like. Oh, I drink Baker Mayfield because it's produced here locally. Yeah, and and the family who runs that dairy is the richest family in their town of seven thousand people. That's right. Yeah. Um, and uh, but like him as a quarterback, I also am on the fence about because yeah. he's the kind of guy who, when they make it, they're really good, like yeah. the Drew Breesy kind of quarterback. Yeah. When they don't, they're Johnny Manziel. I mean, Manziel yeah. was 
had issues separate right, from football, but the reasons, but, but like he, he wasn't great on the football field either, you know, yeah. didn't translate college success to professional success, but yeah, just as a name, like I, I tend to be somewhat skeptical of two last name people. Interesting. As, 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 as athletes. Interesting. Carson Palmer being an exception. He did well. Carson, yeah. And, and Carson Wentz Carson has now Wentz. proven himself to be good. They, yeah. They're both on, they, they've actually both moved into the, the strong name category as that, opposed I to the. I think Bill Pipe says more about the first name Carson than it does anything right. else. That's a strong name. You're not failing if your first name is Carson. Right. I mean, but it, yeah, but if you're for, like, like Anderson Cooper could never be an athlete. You're right. Because he's got two last names. Dude, let me lay this on you, though. Josh Wentz. Or Josh Palmer. Forget about it. That kid's in the band. No, that, kid's, no. that kid's a third chair trombone player, not a quarterback. It's it's so funny. You say Josh Palmer. I well, first of all, I actually pictured I actually pictured Jesse Palmer oh, yeah. uh, first. Josh's uh, or I'm sorry, Carson's younger brother, who was a backup and is now a TV host. Jesse but, Palmer uh, is a decent that's a decent quarterback name, though. That's like a nineties movie quarterback name. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like if they made all the right moves too in the nineties, the the protagonist could have been called Jesse Palmer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's that one is that one is really really something. Yeah. Um. And so back to Baker Mayfield. Like yeah, I, yeah he, he. It's not a weak name. It's not a strong name. It's just sort of a name that exists. Yes. And it's a name that will rise or fall based on his performance at the next level. I am a Baker Mayfield apologist when it comes to the prospects in this class I think he is a better quarterback than either of the Joshes and I think he's better than Sam Darnold which we haven't talked about Sam Darnold as a prospect name yet what are your thoughts name wise on Darnold and then we'll get into these guys as football players in a minute Sam Darnold um See every when I heard Darnold the first bunch you know a bunch of times before I I saw it in writing I assumed mm-hmm. that it was D apostrophe Arnold and mm-hmm. I was really low on him yeah yeah be, because I was like that's like a French name that's not yeah. okay um but but just the name Darnold it the name Sam has a little bit of that Joe aspect to it where you're like there's mm-hmm. there's some just sort of strong. Sort of connotations, yeah, there. just sort of classic American, and it, like, and, and, like and it's alone from Cheers, one of my right, favorite it, people of all time, and it can sort of supersede race and generation, and like, like Joe right. can same with Joe, like those, those yeah. it's it's similar to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the name Darnold really throws me though. I'm, I know, I don't know what to do with it. I don't know. I don't do know. I hear like, and again, there's there's no like, there's no like, oh, there's a there's a Darnold who. Like that name sounds like it should be a this job. Like it doesn't sound like an accountant name. It right. doesn't sound like an actuary name. It doesn't sound like an artist name. It just sort of, it yeah. kind of actually does. Actually, it does kind of sound like an indie rock name. Like Sam Darnold should be the headliner for first, like, I right. don't know, some some sort of indie rock band. He's got a band whose name is like too creative for its own good. Right. They, the band about which you hear the name and you say people are never going to get that reference. You know, it's 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 too smart by half. But uh, yeah, you're right, man. Sam Darnold is kind of an indie rock name. I want to lay a name on you only because, Pipe, you and I were probably two of the only people on the on the planet that probably watched the entirety of the Bears-Vikings game yesterday. Game <laughs> absolutely nothing. And I, I was excited to see the Bears on, on television. So uh, I watched the whole thing. I, I want to lay the name Mitchell Trubisky on you or Mitch Trubisky. Um, well, the, the name Trubisky, like, let me just say, like when he came out in the draft, I was like, he'll never be good. You can't yeah. be good with the name Trubisky. Right. You just Trubisky can't. I mean, like, like a 1980s linebacker name. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you, you could be, you could be a great left guard. Right. You could be a great blocking tight end. You yep. could be a great, you know, sort of f- first two downs linebacker. Yeah. Um, or like a Steelers defensive end. But yeah. You can't be a good quarterback with the name Trubisky. Now, I will say this, though. There are exceptions to this, like the name Roethlisberger, for example. <laughs> yeah. I would yeah. have said the same thing about him when he came out, and he has proven me wrong. Roethlisberger is not an impressive name, just as names go. Right. Now, he he goes more like people don't really call him Roethlisberger. They call him Big Ben, Big which is, yeah. which is you know, kind of a cooler name. Apropos. But, uh, yeah, apropos. Yeah, but no, the Tr- Trubisky is doomed, I think. Yeah. Because, yeah. And, and, for, and also, if you go by Mitchell, mm. 
Like that, that that's work. somebody that's somebody whose whose mother trims the crust off their sandwiches. That's who that You're is. Right? Because Mitch is a really cool like yeah eighties name. Like my my best friend growing up, like in grade school, is named Mitch. And he was like the coolest guy in the t- in, in our town. He was I'm like, if he just had a normal last name, if he was like Mitch Wilson, I'd be like, yeah. oh, he's got a he's got a shot. I mean, yeah. it's the Bears, and they don't ever have good quarterbacks. But like Mitch Wilson would be would be doable. But Mitch Trubisky, like, no, he's I don't know. Good luck, dude. I'm gonna lay a good a good quarterback name on you, pipe, and this is close to home for you, Case Keenum. Case, see, Case, that's an, that's an anomaly to me. Okay, explain. Because Case Keenum, well, when Case Keenum was on the Rams last year, mm-hmm. he was he had a very bad season, yeah. as did everybody who played for the Rams. Yeah, um, and and that seemed to match what my impression of the name Case Keenum would have been. Uh-huh. Now he comes to the Vikings and has had a pretty successful year. Yeah, far exceeded my expectations. Like he has been a he's been a a, a revelation to me. Yeah. I still don't trust him because his name's Case Keenum. I would trust trust Teddy Bridgewater or Sam Bradford because those sound like quarterbacks. Case yeah. Keenum does not. Dude, Teddy Bridgewater, kudos to him for for going with the the like old timey uh, youthification of the name. Like Teddy Bridgewater sounds like a like a like a comic book. You know how they would have those comic strips like in the newspaper in the in the fifties. Teddy yes. Bridgewater sounds like like I'm going to the soda fountain with Teddy Bridgewater. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Whereas if he if he'd gone by Ted Bridgewater, it sounds like you know the Reverend of the First United Methodist Church, like Reverend Ted Bridgewater. Reverend Ted Bridgewater. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of boring. Yeah, it's really boring. But you're right. Case Keenum to me sounds like the guy in your high school who has a way cooler car than everyone else, but you don't resent him for it. You know what I mean? Like it's cool in a good way because it's not like a Lexus or an Acura. It's just like a really nice, like Mustang, you know. Um, yeah. And you, you you're not resentful of Case Keenum yet. He has he has way cooler stuff than you. That those are the connotations if, that it carries for me. If I well, let me it to to try to to be objective here. If Case Keenum played for any other team, I would say that his name was a terrible quarterback name. Interesting, because he plays for the Vikings and they're thirteen and three and the second seed in the NFC. I I kind of feel like. I have nothing bad to say about Case Keenum right now. Yeah. Pipe, I'm going to I'm going to float another theory by you and then we're going to transition into like real prospect football talk, but my right. my theory is this, vis-a-vis Andrew Luck. I think he needs to make a total paradigm shift. He needs to make over his image and get rid of that nasty neck beard and he needs to start going by Andy Luck. Andy Luck Andy is a terrible quarterback name. It is, dude, but but he needs something different. Andrew is also a terrible quarterback name. Um, Fair. Wonder what his middle name is. Let me see what Google says. Yeah, look it up, dude. Look it up. His dad had a crazy quarterback name. So his dad was a QB in the league for a couple of years. His name was Oliver Luck. Which sounds Oh, his middle name is his middle name is Austin. I'm not sure that that's better, but but it's not worse. Austin Luck I could I could live with that actually I could I could live with that. especially if he did the total makeover and like yeah he lost the beard and like the bowl cut yeah it, it, if yeah. if Austin Luck came out and he had like a decent just sort of like just a clean like professional haircut yeah. and and no neck beard all of a sudden you're like that's okay. a good quarterback prospect Andrew Luck is in Europe right now very mysteriously rehabbing his shoulder injury given that he's in Europe I think he's going to come back. On another level, fashion-wise, I think the beard is going to be going pipe. I think he's going to have a little razor-cut part in his hair. He's going to have a little Hitler Youth haircut going on now. And uh, <laughs> I think he's going to be a whole different player next year. Uh, is he still going to talk in, like, the deepest bass voice, but also like a total nerd? Yeah. There's that, isn't there? I forgot about that. I mean, because he, he, he has that voice that's like this, but then he kind of articulates all of his words. And, like, yeah. you're, you you he sounds like he sounds like the person who in the again stereotyping in the movies mm-hmm. when the when the pretty girl talks to them they're like um 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 you're pretty like yeah. that's yeah that's what Andrew Luck sounds like dude have you seen the Captain Andrew Luck Twitter handle <laughs> so yes it's one of my favorites Me too. there's there's not much on dear social. dear Elizabeth <laughs> yeah there's not much on social media that I get jealous of but but I really wish I had thought of that you know. 
have have you seen the uh speaking of terrible quarterback names have yeah. you seen the blaine gabbert the blaine gabbert facts one no but i've seen the uh the there's a blake bortles one along those lines not blaine gabbert that blake bortles is the one i was thinking yeah. of. i'm sorry i always get those two mixed up because blake and blaine are the exact same name right. uh with different kind um and yeah so yeah blake bortles facts where it's like he needs eighteen thousand seven hundred twenty two yards this week to be the nfl's leading rusher i love it and so it's it's basically ways of showing his complete futility as a player yeah. while not saying anything negative about him. What about Blake Bortles as a quarterback name? All all playing issues aside, just the strength of the name. Now Blake and Blaine, they don't do it. Blaine is Blaine is worse than Blake. Blaine is way worse than Blake. I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. Those that sounds like a killer tennis uh doubles team is what that sounds Blake like. And Blake. Blake Bortles and Blaine Gabbert would be fantastic tennis Dude, players. They would. They, and they would have to be like mid nineties tennis players wearing those like Andre Agassi branded tennis clothes, you know. With, oh yeah. With, yeah, they're like the they're like the the Pete Sampras to Andre Agassi. You know, one they they would be the very clean cut ones whereas Andre Agassi was the rebel. Blake and Blaine, they've gone to like Elite private tennis academies their whole lives. Their dads are very involved. Absolutely. You know, Blake and Blaine, doubles tennis, not so much for quarterbacking. Um, Pipe, anything else to add on this on this name issue? I feel like we could go all day on this. Oh, we, we could. And I have, I have one more question on yeah, this. Um, so not he's not a prospect, right. but he is he is likely to be one of the next successful NFL quarterbacks, and I don't know what to do with his name, and that's Jimmy Garoppolo. Ooh, interesting. Again, I like that he's going with Jimmy and not Jim or James, right? Because Jim Garoppolo is a yes. dad in the 80s. He's a guy that you got to ride home from school with. Um, but he's a really cool dad. Like he's, he's buying you a cheeseburger on the way home from school. Jim Garoppolo, you're right, is the coolest dad. He's showing you like the rated R movie, but not the really trashy one, just the one that makes you feel cooler. You know, right. Um, yeah. James Garoppolo is that's indie band territory again. You know, that that's the guy mm-hmm. in college. Everybody's like, oh, man, do you know James Garoppolo? You know, he's, the, he's in that band. They're called like, I don't know, Flying Colors or Exit 59 or whatever. And, <laughs> you know, yeah, like Funky Sister Socks. Like they just have some yeah. name that's just a string of words. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo pipe. And it's hard to separate. Okay, there's there's several factors. It's hard to separate the name from just the stunning handsomeness of the man, um, which is a thing with Jimmy Garoppolo, and the astonishing level of play that he's put on the field the last few weeks. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go in on Jimmy Garoppolo as a quarterback name because I, I like the Jimmy. I like the courage that it takes a grown man to go by Jimmy. Yeah, um, I, I I agree with both those things. Jimmy G is a great nickname a as well. Name. Like they're just a short name of a yep. name, and it's like Garoppolo and Esiason mm-hmm. are equal. Like those are equal names. Yeah, they are. So it's up to him, just like it was up to Boomer, to take that first name and be like, "And I'm going to be an NFL star." Right. And I I think he can do it, especially with a good coach. I just it, it's just such an unusual name. It was the last one that I had to put out. No, there. I love it. I love it. And you know what? I have one last one to put out there. This is harkening back to a very controversial talk that we had at Live in Louisville Pipe. Um, it's the quarterback from the movie Dead Poets Society. And I don't think he ever appeared on the screen, um, but his name was Chet Danbury. He was the public school quarterback who had his. It sounds like a knuckleball. Yeah, Chet Danbury to me just sounds like an amazing name. Like you're not failing at life if your name is Chet Danbury. You're going to do amazing things. Yeah, but, but, but if you're if you're Chet Danbury, like you you you're very limited in what you can do. You can go all like conference you, as a quarterback and then go on to manage a hedge fund. Those are the two, and they're yeah. pretty good things. Or or you can be a baseball Hall of Famer. You could be a professional golfer. There's a lot of things you could do, but be a star NFL quarterback is Dude, not If you're one. Chet Danbury, you, you become a professional golfer, and then you have like a J.C. Penney's line of slacks named after you. The Chet Danbury <laughs> yeah. collection. You know, you can wear them without a belt. Yeah, you're, <laughs> yeah, you're not Tiger Woods. You're, you're not even Ernie Els. Right. You're like, I don't know, Steve Strickler or something like that. You're the third guy. Yeah, you're, you're the other guy for sure, for sure. Pipe, I want to take this in a more football-centric direction on the field, and I want, to, I want to float another theory by you. And this is something that I actually just wrote a column about. It'll be dropping next week in USA Today, hopefully. Um, I think Lamar Jackson is a generational talent, and I'm shocked that two Joshes and a Sam 
are going to get drafted ahead of him this spring in the draft. It kills me to hear these TV scouts talking about how Darnold and Rosen and, and Josh Allen are better prospects than Lamar Jackson when this guy has done nothing but be um, unbelievable. Like, I think he's in Bo Jackson, Barry Sanders, generational talent, Herschel Walker territory when we talk about college football players that should be appointment viewing. Like, we should be showing our kids Lamar Jackson games um, in the same way that we showed them Bo Jackson. And uh, I don't get why this kid isn't at the top of the list prospect-wise. Um, and I, I can lay some evidence on you, but I want to hear you react to that first. That was a very high mm-hmm. praise, um, which is not – that is not disagreement, yeah. but that's really high praise. I, I will say this. This is just a categorical blanket statement about – all things NFL draft rankings. And that is for the love of God, I wish they had more imagination. Yeah, I agree. I just, there, there is so little imagination about what to do with guys who are really, really good. Like in the, I realize football and basketball are dramatically different sports, but the NBA has gotten better and better over the last 10 or 12 years at taking guys who are really good with unique skill sets and figuring out what to do with them. Yeah, you know, I agree. It used to be that if you were 6'9 and 250 pounds, you could do one thing on the court, and it was like rebound and post up. But right. now it's like, oh, the guy can't really jump that high, but he's got a really feathery jumper. Let's make him a stretch power forward. Right. Nobody in football does that. They're like, well, we run this scheme, and the guy doesn't fit. And and so Lamar Jackson doesn't fit because he doesn't look like Blake Bortles, who actually sucks at quarterback but is a prototype. Yeah, it's amazing, dude, the amount of groupthink there is in like the TV scouting industry where the stakes are so low. Like TV scouting literally means nothing. If you're wrong, no one will remember. Um, but yet it's like academia. You know, everybody's afraid to like go out on any kind of a limb for a player like Lamar Jackson, who I think is just going to be very, very good at the next level. And it might take landing in the right kind of scheme with the right kind of coach, but Dude, I, I, I watch Lamar Jackson and I see Randall Cunningham, like early career Randall Cunningham, uh, where he's leading his NFL team in rushing and leading his NFL team in passing and just being. Or just, very, very I mean, he's he's nothing. He doesn't play like Cam Newton because Cam Newton no. is uh, it is the Hulk at quarterback. But you know the, the comparison that gets made the most with Lamar is Michael Vick. And that's apples to oranges. I mean, Michael right. Vick was a, a, a Luddite compared to where Lamar Jackson is as a passer and even as a runner, you know, Vic, Vic is taking nothing away from Michael Vick, incredible arm, great athlete, right. great runner, but you know, Lamar he couldn't run an offense. Really. He could yeah. just run the ball. Exactly. Lamar is way more slippery. He's done way more things in the passing game. He's worked with Bobby Petrino who right. say what you want about his character uh, is a great shaper of quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, and, and and has relatively sophisticated offenses. He's not yeah. running, you know, option left, option right, option left, option right, and and bubble screen left, bubble screen right. That's right. what their what their spread looks like at Louisville. And uh, I mean, and 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 so the, the reason I make the comparison to to Cam Newton is because they both players coming out. Like Newton was what six six, two hundred and sixty pounds, ran a four five yeah. something forty. Like he was, he broke the mold for quarterback. But it took coaches who were like, "What we can do some different things with him as quarterback. He's going to be our yeah. short yardage running back, for example." And then, absolutely, and then in the passing game, create a, a route system that suits him mm-hmm. because he mm-hmm. can't. He's not Aaron Rodgers, and he's not Drew Brees. He's not a timing route guy, but right. he has he has one of the best arms in the NFL. I don't think Jackson yeah. has an arm like that, but he is. He's a freaky talent, and he, he does have a really good arm. But that's. But I think you need to do something more like that, where you're like we we just need to do different things with him because I agree. I agree. I, I think he could run for 800 to a thousand yards, kind of like Russell yeah. Wilson. I think I think Russell Wilson might be the best comparison for him, except that Jackson's what six three or six four, and six Wilson's three, five yeah. eleven. Yeah, Russell Wilson's a shorter guy, but I agree they're slippery in similar ways. They don't take big shots. You know, you don't watch Lamar Jackson and go, oh, he's getting killed. And and I do think that about Cam Newton. You know, you watch Cam Newton games and they're violent experiences. Yeah. You know, 
uh, because he's a big target and and he runs high and all that. But yeah, Newton's um, not going to play till he's forty. Like, I mean, you know, right. you, you see Tom Brady succeeding at forty. That's because he never takes a hit, but he also never moves. And, that's it. That's and it. Newton's going to play till he's thirty four, thirty five, and then he's just going to start to break down because all the hits. But but that's what he had to do to be successful, and that's you know, so be it. That's the game. But right. I think Jackson's really different than that. Yeah, dude, let me lay some Lamar Jackson stats on you just for the sake of comparison. So Jackson was the ACC's Offensive Player of the Year 2016-2017, won the Heisman Trophy in 2016. Uh, His quarterback rating was higher this season. Um, So Lamar threw for 3,489 yards this season and added 1,443 yards rushing. In one season. In one season, which is shocking to me. So for comparison's sake, Saquon Barkley – uh, Penn State's all-world tailback, considered to be the the one of the most complete prospects in the draft, rushed for 1,134 yards. So 300 less. 300 yards less than Lamar Jackson, for whom rushing was like a part-time job. Um, this is astonishing for me. Uh, and and it, it shocks me that more people aren't talking about it, is, is I guess all I have to say on the matter. Um, so I, I, I just pulled up a tweet from a guy who's a, he's an NFL scouting guy, draft guy. He's, he had this to say about Jackson. So it, he, the, the, his sort of headline on it is Lamar Jackson is just a runner. He threw for 1,000 more passing yards than Aaron Rodgers' most efficient season at Cal, more mm-hmm. passing TDs than Carson Wentz at North Dakota State, a yep. higher passer rating than Deshaun Watson's best year at Clemson, and more yards per attempt yards per attempt along with half the interceptions uh, than Drew Brees at Purdue. So that's wow. So Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees, Hall of Famers, yep. Carson Wentz and Deshaun Watson, burgeoning stars, both They're of whom stars. looked looked like total total hotshots until they both sadly blew out their knees. Yeah, uh, and he he toasted those guys statistically as as a passer, not as a yep. rusher. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's uh, it, it's kind of amazing to me, Pipe. And what's what's so interesting to think about is the fact that because he will slide in the draft, a good team is going to get Lamar Jackson. Um, so a good team is going to be able to do really interesting things situationally with Lamar Jackson until he's ready to take over. And what's uh, the right fit for him? I don't know, man. I've had this conversation with a couple of people over the last few days. I think. I think Pittsburgh would be a really interesting fit for him um, as a, as a kind of an understudy to Roethlisberger slash a guy that could get, you know, six to 10 plays per game. Maybe Um, I could see Belichick doing interesting things with him. Um, Maybe not as a long-term heir apparent to Tom Brady, but as a situational guy, it would be fascinating. Um, I don't know. I think New Orleans would be fascinating because Drew Brees is 38, 39. He's he's always on a one-year contract. And they've transitioned – they've basically transitioned to an offense that keeps Brees from having to carry them because he can't really anymore. And uh, and so – Tomorrow on the same – Yeah, along along with Mark Ingram who's no slouch and an offensive line that's pretty strong. Like that's – that's better than Deshaun Watson got set up with. And Watson was – was dynamic for the few games that he started. I think I, mean, I, I think that would be a really interesting one because I think I think Peyton's also creative enough and has shown the ability to adjust his offense right. that he would put he would put him in a position to succeed once Breeze moved on. Dude, he's got to go and play for someone who's progressive. I mean, he can't he can't end up with like a Mike Malarkey. You know, that would be trash. Oh, Mike Malarkey is. Okay, so little rant. Since let's this talk is what about we do. it. Let's, let's have this conversation. Absolutely, I hate the Tennessee Titans. Oh, they're pipe. They're they're so horrible to watch. And and I but but the reason I hate them is not just because they're horrible to watch. There's a lot of horrible to watch teams in the NFL that I care nothing about. I hate them for two reasons. One, uh, because I live in the Nashville metro area, they they keep me from watching actual good football teams. Yeah. And two, I want to like them. Yeah. Because I think yeah. they should be good. Like they should, they should, they should have destroyed their division this year. Except they have a coach who has his head just buried in the 1970s, offensively. Dude, they're the worst nine-win football team I've ever seen offensively. Um, Dick LeBeau. Dick LeBeau is a coaching man crush for me. So Dick, if you don't know Dick LeBeau, he's the uh, he's the Titans' defensive coordinator. He's about a hundred years old. Looks like he's forty-five. 
Yeah, um, he's legitimately. I think he's. I think he's like seventy eight or seventy nine. He's seventy eight or seventy nine, and still legitimately one of the probably ten most handsome dudes in pro football. <laughs> he just coaches this incredible defense, and defense was supposed to be the Titans' weak unit this year, and the defense has literally carried them week in and week out because the offense has been so utterly unwatchable. So hats off to Dick LeBeau. Um, a function of this nine win disaster of a team making the playoffs pipe is that we are going to be rewarded with more years of Mike Malarkey. And um, that's a tough one to swallow for some, for, for both of us who live in the, in the Titans media market. Here's my hope. Yeah. I think if, if they get destroyed in the first round, yeah, he can still get fired. Yeah. Um, But they're playing, who are they playing? They're playing the, the, uh, oh, they're playing the chiefs, which means that they, they, it's a, it's who knows what happens because the right. chiefs are neurotic, yeah. but uh, it's um yeah. He's just, he's just a trash coach. Like Mariota should have been like, he has regressed the last couple of years. Oh, they, sure. they signed uh, Eric Decker and they drafted Corey Davis yep. and their offense, their passing game looks like trash. Yeah. They have, they, they kept feeding the ball to a running back who is DeMarco Murray, who's mm-hmm. slow and, He's crafty, yeah. but he's just slow and not very good while keeping Derrick Henry, who is 6'3", 240 pounds of speed <laughs> in, in like the third down back role. Yeah. It's just every offensive decision they make. And they have a really good offensive line. Yeah, like every offensive decision they've made has has made them worse. And that's on him. Yeah. And it's so annoying. Dude, the and their uniforms race. suck. Those are the ugliest uniforms. Oh, the uniforms are awful. They're indefensible. And uh, I totally agree on that. Their saving grace offensively has been one long Derrick Henry run every game. Yeah, which should tell you something. If you give him the ball twice as much, maybe you get two of those a game, and all of a sudden you have an explosive offense. Also, I will say this. I love watching Delaney Walker Oh, he's very good. He's so, so good. I I agree. I I couldn't agree. And, and he's and he's so weird because yeah. he's like six one and two hundred and fifty five sixty pounds of not very fast and kind of oddly shaped, but he's always open and has great hands and he's a fun player and great end zone celebrations too. I feel like he brings yes. a lot of creativity to the table. In the- I didn't realize until after their last game that he also has a, a phenomenally tattooed torso. Really interesting. Yeah. They, you know, they, they do the little uh, locker room interviews yeah. and they just own from like the shoulders up. And he just had some intricate ink from like his lower neck down across the part of the torso that they showed. And it was it was impressive. Fascinating, fascinating pipe. Well, we are uh, we are running short on time. And what I want to do now, Piper, is end this episode with a discussion of our favorite sports books. Um, so you and I both as sports lovers and, and lovers of good reading. Uh, we've grown up reading great sports books, and uh, I want you to lay your top two or three on me, Pipe. What are your favorites? My, I, I think we, sh- I think we share a deep affection for this book, so I might be stealing one yeah. from you. Uh, my okay. all-time favorite is Friday Night Lights by H.G. Oh. Uh, Bissinger. It is, dude, I love it so much. Just as a book. So here's the thing: if you're not a sports fan, there's no way you're still listening to this podcast. But mm. if you were, it's a phenomenal just piece of storytelling about America. A town in America, Absolutely. but as a sports book, it's it is top of the heap. So look follows the the Permian Panthers in Odessa, Texas, through one season. I think it was like eighty eight or eighty nine, and yep. just looks at the effects of football on the town over the generations, the effects of the town on football, sort of the just the way that those things are woven together, individual player stories, coaches' stories. It's just it is just a a transcendent piece of storytelling. So it's that is my all time favorite. I totally agree. Pipe, I have one along those lines that maybe you haven't read. And if you haven't, you need to like drop everything reading wise and read it before right. football season's over. The book is called The Courting of Marcus Dupree by Willie Morris. Have you read I've this? heard of it. No, I haven't read it. Oh, dude, it's phenomenal. Okay, so Willie Morris is my favorite Mississippi writer. Um, he was a novelist and a memoirist. He wrote a book called North Toward Home. Uh, super, super talented guy. He was the he was the editor in chief of uh, Harper's, I think, for many, many years in New York, and uh, super talented dude. So, the Marcus Dupree narrative, the nation kind of got a taste of that a couple of years ago via ESPN's Great Thirty for Thirty on it. So, Dupree was this um, LeBron Jamesian, Bunyan esque, you know, just freak show of a high school running back in Mississippi in the in the late seventies, early eighties. 
And the book, so Willie Morris decided to go kind of home to, to Philadelphia, Mississippi, uh, which I think was, if not his hometown, it was in the area. So he shared like a region with Marcus Dupree. And he just kind of hung out there during Dupree's recruitment, which being that it was the early 1980s and there were like even less morals in college sports than there are now. <laughs> I mean, it was just a gong show of like greed and, and craziness and, you know, coaches camping. Cocaine, out. I'm sure, because it was the 80s. Oh, yeah. Coaches camping out like in, in town for months to, to get this kid. And what it ended up being, much like Friday Night Lights Pipe, was this amazing, beautiful kind of examination of the South, race stuff, uh, morality, ethical issues in football. Um, and, and what it did was it really, really honored Dupree and his family in, in the midst of this crazy thing that they were thrown into. And um, I don't know, I just thought it was stunning. And it's a sports book that it kind of flies under the radar. It's not one that I hear talked about a whole lot, but uh, but that's a favorite. The Courting of Marcus Dupree by Willie Morris. Do you have uh, Do you have one or two more pipe on your list? Oh, I've, yeah. I've, I mean, I could go on this. We could do a, multiple episodes on this. Maybe yeah. we should. Maybe we should make this a closing segment. In we should, uh, we should in, do a in, sports book episode. every episode. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. If we're gonna do one every episode, then I'll just stop with what we've suggested. Dude, there you go, man. Those are those are good ones. Friday Night Lights and The Courting of Marcus Dupree. Uh, run out and grab those. You can't go wrong with those two books. And uh, Pipe, we have gone almost an hour, baby. We've wandered to and fro throughout uh, quarterbacking, quarterback names. This has been fun. I look forward to more Happy Rant Sports. I look forward to the very first thing I thought of when you when you dropped this idea on me was T-shirts. And what are the T-shirts going to look like <laughs> for Happy Rant Sports? And, uh, I hope Jeff and his colleagues at Mission Aware are hard at work. Uh, designing the Happy Rant Sports t-shirt for us and, uh, and the fans of the program. So thank you for listening. And until next time, Rachel the Held Evans. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on the Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. 